On this episode, we are excited to welcome a man who is a seven-time world champion and the first boxer in history to win world titles in five different weight divisions, from welterweight all the way to light heavyweight. He lit up the ring with energy, enormous punching power, and has given us some of the greatest moments in boxing history. Here is the legendary Thomas the Hitman Hearns. Welcome to Title Unboxed. With more than 40 years of experience in the fight game, our host, Doug Ward, will be covering every corner of the ring as we get comfortable between the ropes. We'll talk with both the lesser knowns and the legends, discuss boxing's rich history and current state of the game. We'll also look at today's latest innovations, equipment breakdowns, and insights you won't uncover anywhere else. Join us now as we take a look inside Title Unboxed. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on Title Unboxed today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, the timing's great because we're just coming off of a, a recent kind of anniversary, a celebration, and that is the meeting between you and Sugar Ray Leonard uh, 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah, time moved fast, man. We didn't. We were sitting around not doing time just passing by. That's kind of the way that, that goes. You know, it's. It, I, I think it's fair to say, though, that... Um, that's got to be one of the greatest fights of the decade. And, and you needed Sugar Ray, and Sugar Ray needed you to kind of become the, the best boxers you could be and to make that statement in the boxing world. Well, you know, that's a hell of a move because, you know, you, you look at Muhammad Ali, uh, Joe Frazier, George Foreman, all them guys up, uh, up there. And, and you're talking about heavyweight, and we're a smaller guy. Yeah. yeah we're a smaller guy. And we did well for ourselves. Well, and you kind of set the stage for the smaller guys to get those big paydays that uh, they hadn't gotten previously. Right, right, right. Now, now they're getting them, and everybody's very happy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. set some people up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're also coming off of, they just recently released the HBO documentary, The Kings, which is, features you and Duran and Hagler and Leonard. Uh, you obviously watched that and participated in it. What did you? How did you feel watching that kind of play out chronologically, like it did as a, as a series? Well, I, I actually watch. I, I watch bits and pieces of it. I see a little bit of it, um, and, and then I had to go and do some things. So uh, I was kind of busy, so I get to see it all. Yeah, but, but you know, but that's very good that they thought of us like that. You know, wonderful thing. Well, they did a great job of of telling the story. Did you? Did, the moments you did watch, did you? What'd you take away from it? How, what kind of feelings and memories did it bring back? Well, it brought back a lot of memories because, you know, we, we did a lot in the boxing world. And we kind of we, we kind of made boxing what it is today. I mean, I ain't seen nothing with Muhammad Ali and you guys back then. You guys did a great job. But I think that me and Lynn had something to do with the boxing changing around a bit. Well, absolutely. I think the popularity of boxing kind of waned a little bit as Ali was leaving the scene, and you guys definitely, individually and as a as a, as a group, brought boxing boxing back to the forefront again. Yes, really. I enjoyed. I enjoyed. I enjoyed being able to make that happen and being being a part of it. It made boxing exciting, and anything to make boxing exciting, you got to be down. You got to be down for it. Yeah. I, I was definitely down for it. 
Yeah, that's that's obvious. So so let's go back to the Kronk days. Uh, you you walked into the Kronk gym as a, as a young man and met Emmanuel Stewart, and that was a relationship that was special in boxing. But what was it about the two of you together that made that connection and and really uh, you know just that worked so well together? The the two of you as a team. Because many men we understand what we're doing with each other. We need each other in order to be somebody to make a name for ourselves. And we, we, we got together and decided we were going to chat and do everything we possibly can to make things, boxing good for each other. And we, that's what we did. We got together and made, and made plans and made things happen with boxing. Well, the, and the, the crunk colors, the doors of that gym are iconic. What was it like as a young man to walk into that gym each day? Was it, were you, did you feel like you were going to war every time? Did you feel like you were at home? You know, what was, what, what kind of memories or feelings did that instill in you? Uh, as I remember when I first started there, it wasn't like that. It wasn't anything like that at all. And as we went on through the years, things started to change. And when things started to change, everybody started noticing the change. And everybody liked to change. So we just kept, 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 kept it going. Just kept it, just stay with it. Well, we saw this, all the fights you had in front of the cameras. What about behind the scenes? Who are your toughest sparring partners? There had to be some fantastic competition back there, back then in the gym. Who are those guys that were toughest for you or gave you the most, uh, best work? I had... Man, I had tons of guys, man. Henry Kenty was one with whichever. But now I made, but I thought, but now super bad made. I mean, I had, uh, I remember Dewan Johnson, uh, a lot of guys, man, a whole lot of guys that really gave me good work. Well, it was a, it was a talent. It was a stable full of a talent for sure. And we had we had a stable that had nothing but talent, and everybody would improve. Everybody just kept improving, and, and, you, and you sit there and didn't did improve somewhere wrong. Well, probably you pushed each other a little bit. You just knew you had to be on the top of your game in order to compete in the gym. No question, we pushed each other a whole lot, a whole lot, not, not a little bit, a whole lot. <laughs> So let me ask you this. There's some there's some stories out there about Emmanuel and, uh, and Stuart and, and you and just in general. So let me ask you this and you tell me true or false. As an amateur, you weren't a huge puncher like you became known for in the pros. Uh, I think I'd read where Emmanuel said that what he taught you, what you guys really worked on once you transitioned into the pros was really squeezing your fist at the end of your punch. So as you do, as you made contact, you, you squeezed your fist just that little bit more, more, that little bit more to increase the impact. True? No, not, not, not squeeze your fist. Your, your fist will always be tight and hard, but it's the shifting of your body, shifting of your body. So it's, it's really just, shift. just in leverage and distri weight distribution. Right. Okay. And just, and just how, how you how you plant your, your your feet when you punt. You don't plant your feet. Your punches are gonna be hard. Well, that was. Uh, I mean, you you were one of the few guys that, and when you made that transition into the pros, there was an obvious change in in your fighting style. Oh, most definitely. Everything had changed. Then switch over. Our first was a boxer, and then became a boxer puncher. Yep. 
that was a chain thing when I became a boxer puncher. But at first, I was just using, mostly using the left hand, left, quick left jab, and every night in the right hand with the right hand, they have a hold on, on, on the punch. But now, I use jab and shift, and I hold on power behind everything. Well, and one of the best jabs in that division at that time, for sure. Thank you. So thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Uh, the, another, another thing was Emmanuel, um, he didn't like you getting massages before a fight. No, he, a massage is fine, but not, not the legs. As long as, you don't, as long as you don't mess the legs, the legs is the main problem. Well, wasn't that one of the stories going into the, the Leonard fight that somebody was massaging your legs before the fight and yeah, he, he lit into it? And that was a mistake, a very mis- big, 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 big mistake. We'll never make that mistake again. And the other one was um, cutting your hair. He had no, you like to get your hair cut before a fight, and he was he he kind of thought it was like uh, who, who's the guy the Greek mythology that did get his yeah, hair cut. Yeah, yeah. He, thought yeah. was, he, he thought it was Bulu. Yeah. <laughs> he thought if you get your hair cut, it weakens you. Yeah, it all depends on how you think. Whatever yeah. you think, then use this one to be. Yeah. Any, 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 did you have any pre-fight rituals like that? Things that you uh, were superstitious about or that you just regularly did uh, heading into a fight? No, just don't, just don't be, don't, just don't talk smart to before a fight. Because you do, you pile it up, you pile it up on your butt. Yeah. So leading into that, that first fight with uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, you had become a dominant force in, in the welterweight division. I mean, stopping Pepino Cuevas in, in a devastating fashion in a way that he'd never been stopped before and nobody had ever seen that. Um, and there was some rumors that, that the, the showdown with Leonard was supposed to happen before it actually did. Uh, Dun- Dundee pulled the reins back and said, no, I'm not sure Ray, Ray's re- ready for that yet. We want to get let the fight build and give it some time. Is that is that story true? Is that is there facts to that? Well, Dundee took his time. Before he before he let the fight go on, and he had he had thought and believed that what's going to happen and how the fight was going to go, so we had to wait until we were ready to go. Well, in that fight, you really demonstrated for the first time your ability to box, at least on that kind of a stage, um, and people saw, wow, this this guy isn't just a puncher; he's a boxer. How did that impact you going forward? You know, beyond that fight. Well, we sit back and we concentrate a lot. We concentrate on, I, I concentrate and thought about what, what I do to, want to, be, to be successful in the fight. And that's all I want to be was be successful. So I thought, sit back and I thought about how I'm going to approach him, how I'm going to start all off. So I play off with the jab, the jab, the jab to work And once I get jab working, I can do anything I want to do behind the left jab. Well, it's all about the jab, right? I mean, the jab dictates the pace of the fight, the, the distance the jab, of the jab. The jab sets everything up to happen. You use your jab properly, you make anything happen, you want to make happen. Yeah. So let's skip a, let's skip ahead to um, then your fight with Roberto Duran. That, in my opinion, that was one of the the, the quintessential Thomas Hearns fights. I mean, that I don't know that anybody could have beat you that night. You were so focused. Uh, it seemed obvious from the from the very first second of the first round that you had a game plan and you were going to stick to it and there was nothing going to stop you. Any Duran that showed up that night probably wouldn't have fared much better. 
How do you feel about that? My thought was, I have a mind made up how how I was going to approach the fight and what I was going to do in the fight. And uh, I kept my mind set on going to him, being being direct and strong, strong. And once I, once I got things to show, show him how show I really were. And I, I showed him, and he didn't like it. And I knew if he didn't like it, we were easy fight. So you could, you could see even before you dropped him, I think you knocked him down like others, maybe like 30 seconds in the last round. You saw before that, okay, I've got the this. Last, I've got the it. Round? The first round. Okay. I think you knocked <laughs> yeah. him down 30 seconds into the into towards before the end of the first round right. and then dropped him again before the round ended. At what point did you really get a sense, okay, I got this guy, it's just a matter of time? Well, what, what I see here, you have him probably left jab. The left jab is the key to the fight. Because when you get a man watching the left jab, one time watching the left jab, you do anything else for the left jab. And I seen that out there was having for him. It made it easy for him. Well, and really set him up. I think he thought you were going to go to the body. Instead, you dropped and come over the top of that right hand. That's, and that's that was all she wrote. You, that's why I told you it made it easy for me. Because I faked doing one thing and did something different. He was not ready for that. Yeah. Well, and that that kind of set the boxing world on notice. If they hadn't, if they hadn't before, they were then, because that was. Uh, I mean, you did you did, did to him what nobody had ever done before and has never done since. I'm telling you, Durant, not even got a fight. No, <laughs> not for so anybody. When he wants to fight, when he wants to fight, he can fight. Yeah. And then that really set the stage for the Hagler fight. And you know, going you knew going into the Duran fight that you had to put on a dom- dominating performance to get Hagler in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, I, I put dominating performance on to get the fight. So, did, heading into the Hagler fight, had you planned from the onset to take it to him to be aggressive, or had you toyed with the idea of of boxing and staying on the outside? No, I, I started my boxing as a no, I can't, can't box him because, because he's a left hand, he's softball. I said, I got to take it to him. I can't, I can't play with him. I got to take it to him and try to get him out of there. I did just that. I took it to him and tried to get him out of there. Unfortunately, things changed. Well, and you, but you busted your hand in the first round. Do you think things might have might have gone differently if that had not happened? Well, if I had if I didn't hurt my hand, it was definitely a little bit different outcome. Well, definitely a little bit different outcome. I guess the other thing you showed people is you had a, you had an a uncanny ability to fight on the inside for a long, rangy guy. You could also bang inside, and that left hook to the body was devastating. Well, I had a body shot. I, mean, I also have a good right, right hand to the body, a straight right hand to the body. That, that usually hurts people very much. A lot in the fight, too. Well, it definitely slows him down and takes the wind out and takes their legs away, correct? All the wind out. It sucks all the wind. You know, going back to, to sparring, there's a, there's, a, there's a famous clip of you at the Deer Lake Training Center with Muhammad Ali sparring Ali. And although he wasn't probably at, at his prime and probably not going all out, even in that, you demonstrated... Uh, your ability to hang with somebody on that level. Uh, what do you remember about that experience about sparring with him and how did that come about? 
That was a wonderful experience for me. I guess, when, when have we ever got a chance to smile with your idol? Yeah. I like Muhammad Ali. I want to be just like Muhammad Ali. I got a chance to box him. It, it really, really made a, a, a big effect on my life. Man, a big effect, a great effect on my life. Well, it's it's great footage. It's fun to watch to see two two legends going at it like that. Yeah, I, I had a great time. I appreciate that. So, who who were who were your idols growing up, Thomas? You, I mean, of course, you got you got Joe Lewis was from your 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 area. Sugar Ray Robinson was born in in um in Detroit, but moved on. Uh, what guys at that time, as you were coming up as a young amateur, did you look at and say, I like his fighting style, I like how he carries himself in the ring, I like how he carries himself in front of the public? Who do you, who did you kind of idolize and kind of pattern yourself after or want to be like? I had one, I had one person that I idolized. Really? And that was Muhammad Ali. Really? Nobody else. I stuck and stayed with that. And I, I wanted to pound myself like him. I just, I just, I, everything but just to, to talk. I did not have to get from gab like what I wanted. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be a great talker, speaker, but I, I didn't try that. Well, I don't know that anybody could talk like Muhammad Ali before I mean, and to this day. He was a man. He definitely was a man. Yeah. So, uh, for, I want to, I want to end with a quote, okay? And this is something you said, and I want to just, just, uh, Put this out there. You said, in answer to what you what you felt your place in history was, you said, I'll leave it up to the people who can call the shots. Wherever they place me, I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna be satisfied because they don't have to play they don't have to place me at all. I thought right. that I'd read that you said that what a gracious, humble thing for a guy of your status to say, a, a legend in the boxing game. You know what I'm saying? The people the people are who helped made me who I am today. Without their support, I would probably be nowhere near who I am today. So I, I got to leave it to them. Let them make the decisions. Well, they made me. They placed me. I, I think that attitude is, is one of the things that has endeared you to boxing fans uh, throughout the years. Well, I, love, I love the fans. I love the people. And I thank the people so much for being there for, for me, with me, helping me do what I did. Well, and personally, I want to say I'm honored to have grown up in an era of boxing that I was, you know, I was a 15-year-old kid, just started fighting and watching your fights, and that, that was my school. So on behalf of the title family, uh, boxing fans around the world, I, I want to thank you for your tremendous contribution to the sport and for giving the fans such memorable boxing moments and, and memories. And I want to say to the title family, you done a great job when you came and started making gloves and, and trunks and stuff for the kids, for everybody to have, everything you guys did. So keep doing good work. Thank you. Everybody go out and follow follow Thomas Hitman Hearns on Instagram. Give him some likes and keep up with what, all he's got going on in the boxing business. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode of Title Unboxed. If you're anything like me, you can never get too much boxing. So if you'd like to watch more episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our Title Boxing YouTube page.